Good morning. I am not Graham Cam. I hope uh, I hope that the prayers that you've uh, sent up for Graham for this week to, for the sermon, there was a, an, an angel redirecting them to me because uh, wasn't expected to speak on this passage. But it is the same passage that Graham was going to speak on. Same topic: bless the sheep. And it's still God's word. Let's pray that uh, God will bless it to us. I don't know about you, I really enjoyed this morning's service. Not that I don't enjoy the other services, other mornings. But there was something about this morning, I don't know, maybe because I'm a little bit more sensitive this morning. I'm just a, I feel a little bit underprepared, but that's okay. Lord will provide. But I really appreciate it. All the little things that have been said, that last hymn, perfect hymn, great introduction to this passage and even little Jack oh we would all have that heart to give to the Lord Mm. amazing great morning let's hope that it continues like that as we study God's as we look at God's word so here we go blessed like Jesus blessed this is the fifth part of this series that we're doing in John and this week we're looking at bless the sheep it's a it's another classic part or portion of God's word in the book of John the good shepherd you know we all know it we've learnt it at Sunday school we've heard about it many times and yes again we're going to look at it this morning through the lens you know that lens I've been telling you about the lens of how did Jesus bless? So that we could learn from that and use it as an example for us to bless like Jesus blessed. Over the last four weeks, we've been looking at this word bless and relating it to the book of John. We saw that the Lord was born to bless. And then we looked at uh, how we could bless by speaking the truth and teaching the truth to others. And then we looked at about looked at how we could bless the un, the unsaved by by giving them this living water, telling them about the Saviour, about the Lord Jesus. And last week Lee brought to us how we can uh, bless the community and the and the hungry masses. And the idea here is that we want to be like the Lord. Yes. Oh, a bit, bit uncertain. We want to be like the Lord, yes? yes? Absolutely. Amen. Otherwise, we're just wasting our time. Let me read you a couple of um, a couple of verses. Romans eight twenty nine. I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago, but listen to it again. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness. Of his son. Something God predestined and foreordained. Thought about it an awful long time he did. It's a desire on God's heart that we might be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And in Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says there, And we... That's you and I, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into the likeness 
with every increase in glory which comes from the Lord who is his spirit. So we can bless like the Lord. That's the whole purpose of us being here, being left here, waiting for the Lord to come. But we have a purpose here to reflect the likeness of Jesus Christ. We are to be Jesus Christ here on earth to those round about. Here in Montmorency, we've been saying it every week, haven't we? Here in Montmorency, the wider community and even overseas for those who are called to be missionaries. That's what God wants. And bless the sheep is an interesting title for this week's message. It's sheep is used as an analogy. That's one of those words that we use. We may, we may not know what it means, but so here's what it means. It's a it's a, uh, a similarity between like features of two things on which a comparison can be made or based. And the synonyms are a parallel or a semblance. So when the Bible refers to sheep, and it's actually not speaking about the woolly four-legged ones, it refers to God's people. Most of the time, if not always, God's people. And in the New Testament, um, you have you have the Lord's the, when it refers to sheep, like we've just read now. It refers refers to the Lord's people, His sheep, the Lord's people. And this is a case in point that we've read together this morning. Of course, you know it does also mention other sheep, like in First Samuel sixteen and verse eleven, where it says David was tending the sheep. They were the four-footed woolly ones okay so when you go home and you read the bible and it says sheep just make sure the context is right but when it refers to people when it's using it as a parallel of people it always refers to god's people and if you keep reading you'll find a section in in matthew it talks about when the lord comes and it's part of the final judgment of god what happens? All these people before the Lord. And he divides the people. He separates them. He puts them into two groups. On one side, as the sheep, his people. And on the other side, the goats. So that's how God looks at things. Strange, I know, but that's how he does it. And so... When we look at this morning's topic, bless the sheep. Oh, wrong way. Bless the sheep. It's no longer looking at blessing others. This morning, it's our turn. It's our turn to be blessed. Because the last four weeks, really, most of the time, it's how we can bless others. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it's great to do that. And I did chastise us one week by saying that sometimes we, we do just think about ourselves. But this week, this week, we're going to look at how the Lord blesses you and me, the sheep. 
And he does that in John chapter 10. He tells us how he does that by, by looking at the relationship between himself and the sheep. It's very interesting because what we discover in this, this passage is that the, the, the shepherd, he owns the sheep. They're his sheep. And, and back then when this was written, the people understood what he meant by that. It, there wasn't big sheep farms like we have here in Australia today. They were smaller flocks belonging to families. And, and the families owned the sheep. And, and those sheep were the wealth, the status of, of, of times in those days. And they were very, very important to the economy and the social structure of Israel and, and, the round, and roundabout. And so what we see here in, in verse 2 of uh, John 10 is that the shepherd comes to the entrance of the sheepfold because at night... They would get all the, you know, the few shepherds would get together, put them in this really safe place. And you, you've seen it, haven't you? Sunday school, the little pictures of the, the like a stone uh, fence with a big opening, maybe a fire in it. There's some shepherds lying across it. That's the sheepfold, and they were put in there overnight for safekeeping, kept kept safe. And in the morning, the shepherds would come and and they would get their sheep to take them out to to water, to pasture, etc. So this, this passage tells us that the, the owner of these sheep come to the sheepfold and, and, it's, and it's a picture of Jesus Christ going to the nation of Israel to call out his people. That's what the sheepfold represents. And it's really interesting what it says there. It says, the watchman opens the gate for the shepherd, for him, and the sheep listen to the voice. And he calls the sheep by name. Not sheep, 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 sheep. By name. He calls Raph, Josh, Bev. By name. I love that. He knows every individual sheep. Got to keep up with the PowerPoint. He knows every individual sheep. He knows you. That's why I love this last hymn that we sung. He knows my name and he knows your name. Think about that. Malcolm Turnbull has no idea I exist. Doesn't know who I am, doesn't know where I live. Nothing. Daniel Andrews? I mean, I'm seriously, come on. But the shepherd knows your name and he knows my name. We matter to the shepherd. The sheep matter to the shepherd in this story. It's not a story, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an analogy that the Lord gives. They are important to him. Next comes three little words, nine letters, that's all. Verse 4. He calls his own.
It's a very personal relationship the shepherd has. It's very personal to him. It's all-inclusive. The call is like all, all of the number, the whole lot that belong to him. He calls them. He doesn't forget a name. He doesn't call all of them. And you know, there's another passage where it talks about a shepherd who lost a sheep. He had a hundred sheep. A hundred, that's a lot of sheep. That's more sheep that come to this church. A hundred sheep. And one was lost. One went astray. However it happened, we're not told. But it was lost. He was one sheep down. I'm thinking to myself, I've got 99 more. I'm a busy shepherd. I've got to get these other sheep out to pasture, whatever, shear. Not this shepherd. He made sure the other 99 were really safe. Maybe pushed them back into the sheep file and said to someone, just stay here. I've got to go and look for my sheep. That's the heart of the shepherd that we're talking about. That one sheep that wandered off for whatever reason mattered. And he felt the loss. Because they were his sheep. That's what it says there. His sheep. That and those that belonged to him. That's what it means. They belonged to him. They were his sheep. There was a connection, a very special connection. And the word their own, what does that, what does that imply? It means to hold as one's own. Full claim. He had full claim of all the sheep that he called. They were his. His own, all of them. You got the picture. It sort of makes a bit more sense, doesn't it, when you read down in verse 11 that he laid down his life for the sheep. That's why. They were precious to him. Precious. They weren't just livestock. Sorry, I haven't gone on. There you go. No, no, that's too far. They weren't just livestock. They were his laid down his life for the sheep. And here in verse 4, I love this little passage, this little part, it says, and he goes on ahead of them. Let me show you this little picture. This took me ages to get onto this. There you go. I know it's pretty simple, but it took me quite a while to get it onto the PowerPoint for myself. Look at that picture. We've got the sheep got a shepherd out the front with his staff and he's, and he's walking into the, the distance, into the horizon. He's leading the sheep. That's not how we do it in Australia. We drive the sheep. We drive the sheep. But there the shepherd is going out in front, leading them, not driving them. Have you ever seen sheep being round up here in Australia with the, with the, with the kelpies? Everyone says, oh, look at that dog, he's so smart. And everyone's amazed at how that one dog can round up all those sheep and get them to go. But you haven't looked at the sheep? Have you ever looked at the sheep? Are they having fun? Are they enjoying it? No. Okay. That's not that picture, is it? That picture is of a shepherd leading from the front and the sheep following. That, is that important? Of course it is. 
What does that mean? It means the shepherd never asks the sheep to go anywhere he hasn't already been or gone before them. Have you got that? How good is that? So he's going before, oh no, this is not a safe spot, I'm going to go that way. And the sheep follow him. Look at the grass over there, it's really green. And he heads off to the grass, the sheep following him. Our shepherd, he leads by example. He goes before us, prepares the way. I think that's special. Out in front, as an example, as a God, as a protector, that's why we claim him as our saviour. And that's what this passage talks about. When you just look at the description of the things that this shepherd does, you know, protects from the wolves, you know, all the dangers. And again, let me reiterate that this is talking about sheep. The sheep are his people, the Lord's people. So, I've got a question. Does it describe you? Does it describe you? As what I've just, you know, gone on about, because probably that's what it sounded like, does it describe you? Do you recognise the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour? Do you recognise you even need a saviour? Are you one of these independent sheep, you know, that wants to go their own way? Because there's always one of those in the paddock, isn't there? You know, the, sheep, the big crowd of sheep are over their flock, and there's always one sheep way over here doing its own thing. That's the one that's vulnerable, isn't it? Hmm. Do you do you reckon uh, do you recognise his voice? That's interesting, isn't it? Do you recognise his voice? Because we read from this story, the Lord calls. He calls. For a whole heap of reasons. First, it's for salvation. Let you know that you know you need a saviour and he's available. But he keeps calling right through your journey, your Christian walk. And that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because to recognise his voice, I appreciated what you where's uh, there you go, Evan. He's talked about how often that man discovered that the, those words blessed and blessed came up. In Genesis, well, let me tell you, the word voice in this passage that we've read comes up five times. It's important. And along with the five times for voice is five times for listened. There's no point in the Lord speaking if we're not listening. Yeah? No point. But the sheep listened to the voice. I love that too. And then... Have you heard your name called? There's nothing worse, isn't it? Sitting in a group of people, they're reading out the names, you know. And I, I love cricket. We're doing well in the test in South Africa. But I'm no good at it. And so when we were playing cricket at school, you know, remember lining up against the wall and you had to be picked for teams? That was me. You know, John, Peter, Bruce, David... Guess whose name was always called out last for cricket? But at least it was called, right? What about you? Has the Lord called your name at all, ever? That's a very important question, you know. And then the other one, thinking of that picture that we saw just a minute ago, can you actually see the Lord leading your life out in front? 
all those sheep that were following that shepherd could see the shepherd. That's the whole idea. In eyes view of the sheep. Is that happening to you? Yes or no? Very simple questions should be able to be answered very simply. If it's yes, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If it's no to any one of those, it's serious. It's a serious concern. Please come and see an elder or someone in this church that you trust to discuss it. The sheep, by nature, they're a directionless animal. It's hard word to say. But they get lost easily. They wander off. And we even get the impression from this passage that sometimes they'll even follow strangers. That's the four-legged woolly kind. Unfortunately, sometimes that also applies to Christians. It's sad, but sometimes they do. The scripture tells us it can happen. The sheep are weak and defenceless. They need a shepherd. You know, we, we tend to think that, you know, I don't need anybody to tell me how to live. I don't need anyone to direct me on how to you know, live my life. <laughs> Let's have a look at our society. We need someone to help us, to guide us. We really do. The shepherd guides and he protects. Sheep are also restless by nature usually because of hunger and thirst. That's why they get restless, looking for something to eat, looking for a drink. That's really what mankind is always about, isn't it? Satisfying this inner need. But you know, the shepherd, what does it say there? It's his job to take the sheep and lead them out to good pasture and to where to get a drink and keep them safe. The good shepherd. And these are the sort of things, the picture that the Lord's trying to give to the people that are listening, to give them a picture of what a good shepherd, not a shepherd, but a good shepherd looks like. What his job description is, if we want to couch it in the terms that we have today. From verses 11 to 15, it talks about the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. No, not yet. He talks about the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. And it talks about how the father's really pleased about that. Now, why is that? Because there's a unique and intimate relationship between the shepherd and the father. And you know what? The shepherd and the father want the sheep to be a part of that relationship. That's what it says there. For us to have the same union and communion and intimacy and, and knowledge that exists between the shepherd and the father, they both want that for the sheep as well. It's a bit different, isn't it, to what we think sheep are like. That's the heart and the desire of God the Father And it's the task and the heart and the desire of the Son to bring it about. Now, this uh, this is this is probably I know that there's a lot of classic verses in this passage, but this is verse sixteen is a pivotal verse for you and me. Absolutely pivotal. What does it say? 
I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too listen to my voice and shall be one flock and one shepherd. I like this verse because it's really talking about me. It really is. Jesus is saying here, I have other sheep. Now don't forget he's talking to the Jewish nation here. He says, I have other sheep. Who do you think they are? That's me and you and you and you. The Gentiles. So even way back in this story, the Lord knew about you and me and he knew your name too. How about that? And it sort of sort of gives it John 3.16 a, a new meaning, doesn't it, to these people. If they hadn't been listening to the Lord then, back in John 3, when he said, for God so loved the world. I'm sure that went over their head as well when he's mentioned that to them. And he says, and so if, they, if they're thinking about, oh, what's he talking about, other sheep? He makes it really clear. He says, not of this fold. Now, I did tell you, didn't I, at the start, the fold was what? The nation of Israel. So he's saying, you know, very clearly, you know, they're not part of this fold, Israel. It's, it's not just for the Jews that I'm a shepherd to. Well, the Lord was talking about here was Christianity, about the church that was coming in the New Testament, about you and me. Made it very clear. Not of this fold. And, and, listen, and listen to the next bit. He says, I must bring them also. You can almost feel how imperative it was. For, I must bring them as well. It's not an afterthought, is it? It's in the plan. Always had been. He had to do it. But I love the next bit. What are those sheep like, you know? Are they much different from the ones that he already had in Israel? Were their characteristics any different? Were they black sheep? Were they merino sheep? That's about the knowledge I have. That's all the knowledge I have about sheep, all right? No, listen to this. I I love this. Listen to this. He says there, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. The same characteristics, right? The same characteristics. They too will listen to my voice. And it's true, you know. You know it's true. You've heard the Lord speak to you. If you belong to him, if you're a sheep, you've heard him. He's called your name. I love it. And then he says, and you know what? And this is something that even in Christian circles, it, 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 it's hard to get away from. It's human nature, you know, that... The brethren think that we're a little bit better than the prezies and the prezies, they think they're a little bit better than the meth, you know. What does the Lord say here? One flock, one shepherd. No distinction. They're all the Lord, we're all the Lord's people. We are. I love that. So you can see how important, very, very important, the sheep are to the shepherd. And the shepherd, what's his desire? His desire is to bless the sheep. 
isn't it? It has to be. You can't get away from that. He blesses the sheep. He, he, he wants to provide protection for them, food for them, water, security. He wants this relationship. It's so special that it's eternal. He wants to give them abundant life. It's a, something that never ends. Can you, if you've got your Bible, and I hope you do, could you turn with me to John 21? Very quickly read just a couple more verses. And this is hopefully will tie in how you and I can bless the sheep as well. I'm just going to read you from verse 15, 21. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Referring to the fish. Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, when, when the commentators and the theologians look at that passage, they'll tell you about the restoration of Peter. It's there, it's lovely, it's beautiful. We can learn a lot from it. Another lot of theologians will tell you about, talk about that, that love, the terms of love, the two different words and how they interchange and then by the time they get to the end they're around the other way. It's fascinating, it's important and it's helpful. But this morning I want to show you something because often it gets neglected, it really does. What is the subject matter that the Lord is using with Peter here. What is it? What is it? Not the sheep. His sheep. Have you got that? They're his sheep. Now when is this when is this taking place? This is the second time the Lord appears to the disciples after the resurrection. You know, the upper room, Thomas, you know, finger in the hand. The next time it's here. You know this story well as as, as well. And, and according to what we have recorded for us, there's only one other occasion where the Lord appears to the disciples. So this is just before the Lord ascends into heaven. And here's this, this, this discourse between the Lord and, and, Peter, and Peter. And John records it for us. And what is the, the concern of the Lord's mind? What is it? His sheep. Feed my lambs, verse 15. Take care of my sheep, verse 16. Feed my sheep, verse 17. The shepherd, brothers and sisters, was leaving the scene. And his concern was for the sheep that were going to be left behind. There's a lot said about that in the New Testament by the various writers. This morning I'd like you to notice these things. In verse 15 he says, feed my lambs. And then he says in verse 16, take care of my sheep. And then he says in verse 17, feed my sheep. 
I've mentioned to you before that the old brethren would tell you to read the scriptures very carefully. I'm reading that and I'm thinking, why have they got lambs and sheep? What's the difference between lamb and, and, and sheep? You know, apart from $25 a kilo. Eh? But in the Greek, there actually is two words. It is actually lambs. It wasn't a mistake. And the Lord, and the shepherd was concerned about feeding the lambs. They needed to be fed. And it was the shepherd's responsibility to make sure that, that, that lambs were fed. But not to protect them. Because he doesn't say that anywhere else. That word, take care, in the Greek, it talks, it, it means, it's the same word that means tend. And in the Greek, it means to shepherd. It's a specific word, to shepherd. That's what it means. That means what we've just been talking about. Brothers and sisters, do we realise that part of the way that we bless the sheep, one another, is looking after the lambs? Because it's the sheep's responsibility to look after the, the little ones in the flock. Now, that doesn't mean the little babies, which is okay to think that, but young in the faith. You know, when you look at nature, it's amazing how... how you know, the herd or the flock or the pack rally round to protect the young. You see it in nature, don't you? And who designed that? Eh? Wasn't it, it's not just the mum that protects the young ones, it's the whole pack, the whole herd, the whole flock. Interesting, isn't it? Because he tells the shepherd he has to take care of the sheep the sheep can't look after themselves and to feed them. I love it. I love that. It's so, it's so specific and it tells you the mind of Jesus Christ at that time. And it's a significant instruction, you know, because it's just before the Lord went to heaven. It's one of the last things he instructed the disciples to do. And you know, this, this event, um, this charge that he gave to Peter affected him so much that he talks about it in a number of places, but in particular 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-4. to 4. Have a look at it when you get time. And brothers and sisters, this is not just for the elders. All right? It's the sheep looking after the sheep, blessing the sheep, blessing each other. Three years ago, I had the privilege to share with you this thing about one another. There's a piece of paper here. There's a few more left over from last time up the back there. You know, John chapter 10, the good shepherd, John 13, he says, the shepherd says, I'm going to give you a new command that you love one another as I have loved you, so you must, remember we said about that, you must, what? Love one another, just the same way. So here's a shepherd giving you and me the instruction to love each other. I have a responsibility to you guys. I must love you. I must care for you. must feed you. Now you may say you're not doing a good job, Ref. Okay. But I have that responsibility. But that verse tells me that you have a responsibility too. You have a responsibility to me. You have to do the same to me. This is how we bless the sheep, brothers and sisters, just like the Lord intended. This command 
is reiterated right through the New Testament by all the different writers, Peter, James, Paul, whoever it was that wrote to the Hebrews. Have a look. They encourage us to help one another, you know, love one another, honour one another, you know, serve one another, bear one another's burdens. And it goes on and on and on. 43 references to how we should relate to one another. Very important. Very important. My time's up. Six questions I'm going to ask. How well do we know one another? I'm going to pick on these people over here because I sit over there on the right side of this church. Guys, how well do you know these people on the left-hand side? How well? I'm asking the question. Don't smile because I'm going to ask you the same question. How do you people on the left side of this church know the people on this side? How well do you know them? How often do we have fellowship with one another outside Sunday morning? How often? Now, there may be some of you that you know, are friends with other, some members, but it's not talking about individuals, it's the sheep, collectively. Now, you people in the middle, you're not getting off lightly either. I want to ask you, do you know what the people on this side of the hall and this side of the hall are going are experiencing in their lives. Do you know? Do you have any idea? How could you pray for them? Do we ask each other, what can I pray for you this week? What's happening in your life that you need prayer for? Or anything else that I can do for you? Do we do that? Now, I'm talking about myself here as well, because I sit over there. I'm on that side of the hall. And you know, I'm not a very sociable person. I'm not. This is not working, Steve. Oh, there it goes. Thank you. Uh, I'm not a very social... I struggle with that, right? But I'm trying really hard. I've been challenged by this message and, and about it before as well. Make the effort, because I have a responsibility and I have to answer to the Lord. He's going to say, Rab, how did you relate to the sheep? When was the last time that you had a meaningful discussion with a lamb? Because that's a problem in church, isn't it? How do we relate to the younger folk, the younger believers? We had, we had a classic example read out to us, you know, using words and phrases and things that people don't know what we mean. Young lambs, when was the last time you spoke to a sheep? You know, I've learned so much from those really old sheep. I really have. I would encourage you to speak to them. Have you ever comforted another member of this church? You know, know, it is so rewarding. It's a blessing to be the comforter, let alone being comforted. Have we done that? Do we do that? Galatians 6.2 says, We should bear one another's burdens. Brothers and sisters, do we even know what those burdens are? Let alone carry them with the person. Do we know? Challenging some. If the good shepherd was here this morning, he would answer to, in a positive way to all those things. He says, yep, I'm doing all that. I'm looking after the sheep. You know, that verse goes on to say that by this all men will know that you are my disciples, you are my sheep, 
That's how they'll know. And we talked about it length, didn't we, a few years ago. It's a testimony to the world how we interact, react with each other, care for each other, protect each other, love each other, minister to each other. And what does it do? It just doesn't tell the, the world who we belong to, but it brings glory to the shepherd, to our shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. May the Lord bless.